0: Between the the girls and the torn you're not you're nothing like my father. Or something. Yeah, like yeah. every time they have sex. Yeah,
1: all I remember like you're the, like the comment father. I made about that was just, like mm. something about rip-torn, grunt, like grunting. Just sounds like rape. It just really
0: sounds like rape. It does. It just
2: yeah. Really does. <laughs> 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 you can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball.
1: <laughs> wow! Wow! <Yeah.
2: laughs> Speaking yeah. of uh, bad white actors who got ruined by franchises, <laughs> I see that Hayden Christensen is going to make a reappearance pretty soon Whoa. in a film. So we'll see about that. Oh, boy. So anyways, I can't, continuing I can't on. Who that is. Huh? I can't remember Is the guy who played uh, Anakin Skywalker in yeah. the Star Wars prequels? Oh, remember? my
1: God. <laughs> I literally forgot who that man was. Yeah. Really? So did his
2: family. Um, <laughs> Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the second Guardians of the Galaxy film, which stars Chris Pratt and was directed by James Gunn. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, FilmTankShow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody, and welcome into episode 111 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diegman, along... With the two regulars Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan Hey,
0: buttholes Because <laughs> it's like what the guy says in the movie Oh,
2: okay A-holes uh, I... in
0: I, I, That's inappropriate
2: Okay <laughs> Fucking A Alright, and Toussaint I am Toos Also joining us today is Replacing Toussaint Yes <laughs> No, there's Did no that was my job. Today. There's no replacing Tui. Yeah, He's one of a kind <laughs> Thank you so, uh, our friend who has joined us for previous episodes—we were just talking about before starting recording—how it, it's been been a while. So, we're happy to have Sam Shamara back to join us.
1: Sam, we're so happy to have you here. Hey, hey I'm glad to Sam be speak.
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I I'm okay. I've used my words for the day. Oh, so. uh, okay. okay.
2: But thank you very much for for joining us. And yeah. this is exciting because we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Perfect. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Was it a perfect film? No. Mm.
1: Oh. Was it a good film? Mm. So
2: we'll get to that a little bit later. But <laughs> Since... what a tease! <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I I did go to broadcasting school. So. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So before that, though, uh, specifically because because Sam is here, and it'll be good to get caught up on. Kind of your media diet uh, over the last however many months it's been since you've uh, you've joined us. Don't that so. shame? What? So said the word diet and media. Yep. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. You know who <laughs> says the term media diet a lot? Brian Turnbull. Haven't <laughs> seen him <laughs> <even laughs> in a while either. No, we haven't. We have
0: to have him on for another episode. Well, it's but almost summer, had, so like it'll be good. He had a kid, and yeah, now he's too cool he has for us. too. I mean, he has two kids. I know, but like this one needs probably more attention.
2: Uh, yeah, but but since. <laughs> More because he's a school teacher and he's he's busy. Brian, if you're listening yeah. to
1: this, we miss you. Okay.
2: Anyways,
1: <laughs> uh, we'll probably have Brian, him on here. Ignore <laughs>
0: that last thing that was said. That is not explicitly
2: true. <laughs> just have a timestamp on the. Uh, just go to this, so you don't. Yeah, this is just for you, Brian. We can edit
0: this out and post, right?
2: <laughs> so, um, anyways. Uh, Who wants to start and talk about kind of what we've... I know we just did one on the last episode, so the three of us have talked about our (laughs) recent film-slash-television-viewing events, but who wants to go first today? I can
0: start. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so a few movies that I've watched recently. Uh, Last night, I made The Distinct Mistake (laughs) and went and saw The Lost City of Z at like 9.30 at night. Did
2: Did you go to Charlestown?
0: No, I went to Randall because I was already over by 31 and oh, okay. whatnot, and then I was like, "Oh, I can go see a movie," and <laughs> I, I, almost see a movie. Went, I almost, I <laughs> almost went and know. saw literally like I looked at the entire roster, I'm like, and this is, and you know, I didn't love this movie, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I can go see Beauty and the Beast again, I could go see Fate and the Furious again, I can go see even Guardians again, and I'm like, no, I got, I want to go see a new movie, and that was like the only thing. So Char- Charlie Hunman eyes. got you. Yeah,
2: well,
0: he's got me all right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I gotta say, James Gray, I I saw his last movie, The Immigrant, and I quite liked it, but wouldn't say I loved it. That was the
2: Marion Cotillard film, right? Yeah, with Joaquin
0: Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, you're trading down if you go from Joaquin Phoenix uh, to, uh... Charlie Hunnam is your male
2: lead. He's too good for the Pacific Rim sequel, by the way. So, it's
0: just, Well, you know, he was also too good for Fifty Shades. Yeah. Remember that? Well, he, he was...
2: needed to do this in the King Arthur movie, that's so that's right. good. What
0: a weekend for that guy. <laughs> yeah, or a week, because I think it's
2: this weekend now. <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah, I went and saw it. I really will not say much about it other than, holy shit, that was, like, I think you guys know to this point that I'm game for watching anything. Like, sure, I have strong opinions and whatnot, but like, this is a movie I
1: never want to watch again. That's it, a powerful statement coming from yeah. you.
0: Yeah, yeah it it is a sepia-drenched <laughs> fugue, state of mind take on classical filmmaking with no real <laughs> momentum and plot. Okay, the whole movie is called The Lost City of Z because Hunnam's character is the explorer who wants to find the city of Zed. And um. It says a lot that if you, I'm gonna spoil it because I think it's a yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, that's right. So um, essentially, they find we, it right. Well, technically, it's kind of debatable. Like I don't know. It's that's what this movie is so fucking weird. It's like it's a true story, but what really happened?
1: I'd rather watch Road to El Dorado.
0: Yeah, terrific movie.
1: I know, It's so good.
0: But um, what I thought would be more of like an apocalypse now or a Geary Wrath sure. of God type man versus. Uh, extreme conditions. It was extremely fucking tedious. He makes this trip three times. He literally, like, they, they they build it up. He gets in the boat with his buddies. Actually, I will say one good thing about the movie, Robert Pattinson. He's kind of impressing me as a blade. He has a beard. He does. I, yeah. mean, I thought he was actually a good supporting role.
1: Mm. Um, He's actually taking his career kind of fucking seriously. Yeah. Uh, Speaking yeah. of uh, bad
2: white actors who got ruined by franchises, I see that Hayden Christensen is going to make a reappearance pretty soon oh. in a film. So we'll see about that. Oh, boy. So, I can't, anyways, I can't continuing on. not that is. Huh? I can't remember. He's who. the guy who played uh, Anakin Skywalker in the yeah. Star Wars prequels.
1: Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I literally forgot
0: who that man was. Yeah, really? So did his family. Um, <laughs> Ooh. <shit>. So <laughs> continue. I uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, but Robert Pattinson was good. Okay, so anyway, so they they, they drum up just like you've seen the story a million times before, where they get in the boat, they say how important this you know mission is, whatever. Mm-hmm. So about like forty fifty minutes in, we gotta turn around, you guys. So then they go home Woo, spring break Okay So then they're back home And um, Then Charlie Hunnam is yelling At a room full of white people To let him go back (laughs) So Give me money so I can go back They do it again They get in the boat They get to the tribe That they had met earlier In the first expedition Got a running
2: start this time Yeah And
0: then uh, Like 40 minutes after that We gotta turn back you guys So then they go back home (laughs) This time, Charlie Hunnam's little shit of a son, who he slapped at one point for talking back to him, has grown up to be Spider-Man. And um, by the (laughs) Tom Holland... I was going to say, was it Tom
2: Holland who was playing him? He plays the
0: adult version, well, the young adult version.
2: Oh, so this spans over, like, many years. Oh, yeah, because every time he comes back, it's been a few
0: years. He's like the interstellar of Jungle Expedition. (laughs) So, then he, he... he, he lost all his money because, like, yeah, you can't do it in fucking two tries. What, what, you know? So him and his son decide that they're going to do it. yes And then they go on the fucking trip, and then they don't even really... They give you an ambiguous answer about a fucking true story as to what actually happened, whether they reached the city or not. So this movie was just the most dreary, boring, tedious... Unplotting. I just, I could not. Was this? I was the only person in the theater and I was on my phone almost the whole time. Was
2: this. (laughs) This or The Revenant worse?
0: I mean, I I guess.
1: What? No, you could go on. I was going to say,
0: I guess I would give. This, oh man. That's like asking me if I want (laughs) to jack off with sandpaper or a nail gun. Like, I just. Okay, I will say this. Which one? <laughs> if if someone forced me to yeah, rewatch one, one <laughs> we just know. If someone forced me to rewatch one, it would probably be The Revenant because okay. there's not as much talking in that movie.
1: <laughs> All right,
2: that's the standard Fair we've enough. set. So,
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in a on a one-on-one battle to the death between these three movies, The City of Z, um, The Fountain and The Revenant, which one would win? In your, which in one your, would win? Yeah, which one would you actually like... Now, which find? one
2: would win and the and then the audience wouldn't have to see them? Or, or would it be... Yeah, the, the audience, audience
1: wouldn't have to see them. I was like, if you had to recommend one of those three...
0: I mean, probably, I didn't care for it, but... Probably easily the fountain because at least okay. there's something interesting going on there. Okay. Um, it just
1: when you were describing it, kind of reminded me a little yeah. bit of the fountain in a way. Yeah. yeah. No, it's
0: way more boringly straightforward <laughs> than that. Um,
1: um, so it's, yeah. it's never. It's way
2: worse than the fountain. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Uh, so <laughs> I, I there are gonna be people out there that like this movie because it is technically competent and uh, but no, it was really boring for me. Uh, so let's see, another thing I watched was uh, Beauty and the Beast, the 2014 French film starring oh. Vincent Cassel oh.
2: and oh. Léa Seydoux. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh,
0: I'll I, let you guess who played what.
2: <laughs> I've seen the photos of uh, of the Beast from this because they went, they went the opposite direction, I think, from Disney, right? For the most
0: part. Yeah. It is way more, um, when you say the opposite, you mean because Disney did more CGI? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a. You can tell there's a little bit of CGI going on, so to speak, but um, definitely way more of an actual uh, beastly, more practical makeup and costuming. Yep. I like it. Um, this was. I liked it. It's It's hard for me to recommend it because it's kind of hollow. But Is
2: it a Was it a true musical? Or... No, it's not a musical. No, not a musical. It's
0: okay. It's um, more akin to the original French movie from the '40s by uh, John Cocteau. Um, in which you just they just tackles it like a straight adult fairy tale um, without the musical hook. Um, yeah, it, it it reminded me of like modern day Tim Burton at his best. Mm. So like there's an emptiness to it, but. Because it looks so goddamn good, and because I thought you know the casting was pretty good,
2: Sweeney Todd. That's what I mean. Like modern day,
0: (laughs) at his best, it was it was decent enough to watch. And as someone who likes that story in any incarnation, I was pleasantly surprised. So I recommend it. It's certainly uh, you don't see a lot of movies that I would say are adult fairy tales, and I don't mean that are like injecting like. Porn and you know, like making it an adult, but just fairy tales that are not explicitly aimed at the youngest audience, you know, possible, mm-hmm. especially for live action. Right. Um. So I I enjoyed it for They're what not it was.
3: Childlike
0: is yes, because there is a there is a scene in which like let's just say the beast pops out at a few different times that would not really fly. Like it wasn't that scary, but it wouldn't fly in a children's movie. Right. So I, I appreciated that. Um, so, yeah, I, I recommend it if anybody's never seen it. Um, it's, it's, it's gorgeous, at the very least. Um, right that's on. that's one reason to watch it. The only thing I also want to mention is the movie Lock, which I rewatched. Oh, okay. Uh, we and all three of us yeah. saw it together at the theater.
1: Oh, yeah. my God. I love that movie. Do you, you did? <laughs> it's, it's one of the best, like... Um, What's the name of the the main actor in that? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. It's one of the best Tom Hardy moments in that film. I was
2: gonna say there's very few best Tom Hardy <laughs> roles, so best moments. But moments in that we film. know
1: you know what the moment is though, right? No,
2: I think you're talking about. Are you talking about? Oh, the the fuck. <laughs> I thought you were talking about his moment in the drop where he's talking to Naomi Rapace about uh, her dog getting killed. No. It's pretty good as well. No. But yes, the uh, the fuck drop in
1: there's Locke a couple is of them. Quite the f- good. The fuck
2: drop. Yeah, it's quite good. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, speaking <laughs> trying, of the revenant, like he it. actually does pretty much that exact same fuck, fuck drop. Yeah. <laughs> In the same tone in that film, so that's something.
1: There's cool. another one in, in The Revenant where he gets his fingers chopped off by the hatchet, and he just, like, shakes mom's like, oh, fuck.
2: Yeah, he also sounds like Bane all the time now, which is really awful, so yeah. that's, that's his.
1: That's his, uh... He
0: just got too far into that character. <laughs> his Orson <laughs> Welles voice. What lovely music!
1: Okay. <laughs> um... I'm an actor! <laughs> yeah!
0: Locked is one of those movies that seems like it was made for me, a single location, uh, real-time. I like that concept as well. Um, and once again, I, I found that I thought the same exact thing uh, upon rewatching it that I did when I first watched it, which is that... I don't think there's much too wrong with the story, but the editing drives me f- up the fucking wall because I don't think Stephen Knight has any faith in this script and in the premise of, you know... Wasn't this film, wasn't it
2: shot in, like, two days or something like that, too? It's very, I mean, it was Yeah, it was, like, yeah. a short... I don't know about two yeah. days, but...
0: um, And, yeah, the, even the, the, some of the script choices, like having him talk to his dead dad... A little thing like that where I'm like, you know, you could have just had it be about a guy who makes these calls while his life falls apart and not keep superimposing oncoming traffic over the same goddamn (laughs) shot each and every time just to, like, make sure that people always have something to look at, I guess. I don't know. Um which is too bad, because I do think Tom Hardy, who I don't like, gives a good performance in it. So, yeah, I was surprised. It's one of those things where I gave it two and a half upon rewatching it, and I think that's what I gave it the last time. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, probably in, like, another three years, I'd probably rewatch it again, because there is something about it that, since I like that kind of a movie, it draws me in. But,
2: but we saw that in the theater, didn't we? Yeah. yeah.
0: That was, like, 2013.
2: Yeah, that was a while ago.
0: So, uh, overall, I just, that's all I have to say about that. It's just okay. that uh, it does not hold up. I got you. Or Swing Down, whatever, but just... Mm. Yeah.
1: Whatever.
2: So, a couple things I'll mention. Um, my wife and I rewatched one of her favorite films of all time and one of Nick's favorite films of all time. I'm joking, it's not. Uh, and that is the Baz Luhrmann version of The Great Gatsby. <gasps> oh, Yeah. So, anyways, I'll give a little bit of context here because we're going to Las Vegas for our yearly Memorial Day trip in a couple weeks. Aww. And uh, there is <laughs> a... Nice. Uh, a las vegas show uh that is centered around the music and interlocks somehow the music and stories from three baz Luhrmann films which are great gatsby moulin rouge and romeo and juliet so yeah we'll see what this is i've got my doubts but she loves all of those movies okay. so i'm obviously game to give this a try So, uh, The Great Gatsby, again, is such a frustrating movie for me because I feel like with almost all Baz Luhrmann films, I enjoy watching a lot of it. And I enjoy certain parts of his filmmaking because it is absolutely unique and goes all in for what the concept is. But there's just small things that he does that just fucking drive me crazy and make me not want to watch it anymore. Like, he's my... Uh, he's my version of Danny Boyle is for Nick, where it's just like I enjoy what you're doing here, but you could really stop, stop superimposing videos onto inanimate objects because we could don't you need it to a
0: fucking driving car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was one thing when he did it in
0: Jobs, uh, yeah,
2: and Steve Jobs on the wall on the
0: wall because a at least that's a tech movie, so I yeah. guess you could wank it off to say that it fits. But, but in Train Spotting, two <laughs> to to have a flashback be superimposed on a car that's driving across the street (laughs) is one of the stupidest things I've seen. Can you imagine
1: if he did another sequel to Twenty-eight days later, like how he would actually like try to do that. It's like there are zombies well, on he wasn't the wall really involved next to the that, zombies. Though. He wasn't really involved with that. No, I mean like in an actual sequel oh, to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm,
2: he's also gonna tell people it's not about twenty-eight days later. Like <laughs> what's his name, did? Oh, I can't we're talking about it, uh, a couple weeks. Ridley Scott with uh, Prometheus. Ridley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, all I really want to say about the great Gatsby is that I still enjoy it as a film, even though it definitely has a lot of faults to it. I yeah. I just feel like I'm in on, on the story and in on the attempt, because it is uh, a very hard piece of writing, I think, to transfer from text into film. That's it's, what Beyonce yeah. is for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when you have some of Baz Luhrmann's... <laughs> oh, um,
0: What's a got to anomaly? That's not...
2: Beyonce that's I know potion.
0: I was just going on to another so, song that's on there okay
2: anyways um so yeah I overall it's, I know Beyonce is not a dude thank you it's a it's a somewhat frustrating film but one that my wife Emily absolutely loves so I've seen it probably seven times oh yeah so if for somebody who like really hates it like Nick that sounds like torture but yeah I'm I'm fine with it yeah all right <laughs> Uh, the other film I wanted to mention was uh my wife and I went to go see a uh, a new film that's just in the theaters now in somewhat limited capacity called their finest uh and it is a a British film that centers around a secretary a female secretary who's uh, appointed as a scriptwriter for a propaganda film and it's um it's definitely an interesting film only not only but for the most part because it centers around the World War II time period, propaganda films, and gets somewhat involved with actual filmmaking from start to finish as they start off with things like really rudimentary storyboards and make it all the way to the end where you can see the final product on the screen and then have the you know kind of cut between that and seeing the audience's faces while certain parts of the film are going on. And I just thought it was a, a problem that had, or a problem, a film that had its problems, but for the most part was a very enjoyable film to watch and had some really good performances by people who I was surprised by, like Sam Claflin, who most people would remember as Finnick in the uh, the Hunger Games movies, is pretty mm-hmm. much the main character in this, her, him and uh, Gemma Arriton, So, mm-hmm. But yeah, Bill Knighty, Jack Houston, who uh, plays Jack Harrow on Boardwalk Empire. Also, Richard E. Grant, Jack Lacey, Jeremy Irons, Eddie Marson. Like, this film's got a whole crew of people who are like, oh, that's Jack a... Lacey or Jake Lacey? Did I say Jack Lacey? Yeah. I'm sorry, I meant Jake Lacey. No, okay.
0: So, like, yeah. Is there a Jack Lacey? No. So, okay. it, it is Jake Lacey, yeah. And the he's playing from, a... Obvious Child and uh, mm-hmm. Carol. Yeah.
2: he's uh, He is playing a American person who is forced into the film by the studio who wants oh, to... Uh... He's
0: very good about that. Yeah. Being that put upon... Yeah.
2: So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I thought it was a, a quite good film that really flew under the radar for the most part and isn't in any cinemas or anything like that. But it seems like it'll be on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or something like that. So if you're interested in something like that, specifically Nick, because I, I actually think you'll like it, you should give I'm intrigued it, now. it a shot. Sam, would you like to go next? Sure. Okay.
3: Um, I mean, I haven't been doing... Too much full films mm-hmm. as of late, um, but something that I did watch recently was Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Um, one. I actually, my dad and I really like the animation of it. Yeah. Um, because he also really loves like anime, and he also loves like. um, ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we he and I also really like um Japanese culture, um so. Definitely looking at the, um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful to watch that animation styling and everything like that. Yeah. Um, aside from that, um, kind of going in that same route, um, I've been watching Wolf's Rain. Oh! oh.
1: Hey.
0: Whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually watched it, but I have the whole set on my shelf to yeah, watch. Yeah, I've seen it. It's I'm great. About,
3: I'm about halfway through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been told that uh, I better get like a box of tissues for like towards the end. Oh and yeah. I was like, oh yeah. All right, I gotta, I gotta finish getting through some school right now, and mm. then looks uh, like
0: the rain was the tears all along. <laughs>
1: tears in the
0: rain.
3: That's so poetic. Thank you. Um, <laughs> That's
1: so deep, bro.
3: Um. So I've been kind of watching that, um, kind of throughout. You know, maybe like one episode a week or so. Yeah. Um. And then obviously went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. what? Um, and that was that was a treasure. I have a Groot cup at home now, uh, because I am secretly a twelve year old. That's okay. Um, <laughs> and we won't uh, tell. Exactly. Um, I mean, this is just being recorded, but whatever. yeah, it's, it's just fine. all right. No, um, I um, know that, so, luckily, and... we have no listeners, so you're, you're yeah. safe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, The other two, one of them is a documentary, and I had seen it before, um, but I recently watched it again. It's uh, Food Inc. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. So definitely looking at you know the food industry in America and things Mm. like that and how it's been transformed. Where Um, does
1: your chicken come from? Right. Where does your pork come from?
3: Um, To the point. Did you write it? I've seen it. Um, So that one definitely, after watching that again, I was reminded of like, well, maybe I should be a vegetarian. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm half Italian or not necessarily half, but my mom's Italian. (laughs) There's no way that that can fly with her. Um, and, uh, (laughs) the other one is I watched the, uh, newest, uh, episode of Rick and Morty air, uh, at the beginning of April. Uh, which I am super excited to see that new season in the fall, or it's incredible, summer isn't rather, it? in like July, yeah. think, sometime. Um, so I still love the fact that uh, it aired on um,
1: April, Fool's. April Fool's
3: Day, and I, my friend, had sent the link to me, and he's like, "Oh my God, look, look, it's up!" And I was like, "No, this link is probably false. No. It's not going to work at all." And then I sat <laughs> and I watched the entire episode and. Then I watched it again and And then your computer had a virus. Probably I mean, (laughs) at this point, who knows? It's probably like Deep in there. <laughs>
0: did you go to McDonald's afterwards?
3: I did not. However, I have heard uh, a lot of people are definitely trying to get that Szechuan sauce. There's a like, a guy yeah.
0: posted a picture saying that he had one that was like in his car. Like you know how like he never opened it it's under That's his seat or be something. Real old. And it's <laughs> apparently it's selling on eBay for like thousands of dollars. Of course, because people are crazy.
2: Yeah.
3: That's a little. Uh... I, don't know. I feel like yeah. I'm missing so out crazy. not
2: knowing any of the Rick and Morty. There's Ringo, a so.
0: running joke in the episode? or yes. yeah, I haven't actually seen it. I only read, read about
2: it.
1: I but. know what it is. I can explain it. Yeah. If okay. you want to, yeah. So basically Rick is being captured by these these space cops, and the space cops are like projecting themselves into his mind in order to like mine for information and stuff because he's supposed to be the smartest person in the universe. Mm-hmm. And basically they're trying to take him through, like, okay – tells the story about how you discovered interdimensional travel how you created your teleporter right and basically they're driving in a car and they end up going to, pulling up to McDonald's and it's just like why the fuck are we here and I'm just like well this is connected to the story because like during the time that I discovered uh interdimensional travel the movie Mulan had just come out and they had a promotion at in at McDonald's in 1998 <laughs> for this Sichuan like sauce dipping sauce for dipping sauce. Dipping sauce. Dipping
3: sauce for the chicken nuggets
1: and I just want to get it now because I know that I, I will never be able to get it again and it was <laughs> so good else. yeah anywhere else <laughs> I, like there, there's no other time that will actually work mm-hmm.
3: and then he kind of turns that into that that's going to be his series arc at yeah. that point he's going to get he, that sauce again he needs again. to get that sauce and yeah. that's the only way that the series can ever end yeah <laughs> So.
1: <laughs> I he yells at Morty is like I replaced your father and the universe as the patriarchy of your as the patriarch of your household and your universe.
3: It's great.
2: Yeah. Good. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I am I am actually interested
2: in watching that series sometime. Time. I think I would enjoy it. Yeah, That'd you be, would. It's funny.
3: It's mm-hmm. dark comedy uh, and it's sci-fi things. Mm-hmm. So I I highly recommend. So is it, it. like
2: a.
1: a more edgy version of
2: Futurama, or, or not
1: Not really? Futurama is pretty edgy in its own way. Yeah, I would say it's a more Futurama. crude version. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah.
3: I'd say, yeah. yeah.
1: But it's still smart. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good.
0: But here you have, like, Morty being molested by aliens.
1: By and a giant like jelly, jelly bean. bean.
2: Yeah,
0: jelly yeah. bean. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Aliens, jelly bean. Yeah. That's
1: pretty sad. much.
0: It's all also- safe.
1: Okay, so this past week, um, I haven't really watched a lot of movies aside from the one that we're reviewing right now because I've been busy working on some other stuff. But I was able to uh, fit in a couple of episodes. I rewatched the first ten – I think the, la- the the first eight episodes of this anime that I think that Sam, that you might like, um, that's on Netflix. It's called Puglia Magi Modico Magica.
3: I don't know how to spell that, but I'm gonna.
1: Ma- Modo Magica, that yeah, basically that—that's the the name of it, and it's basically like this twist on the whole like magical girl trope in anime. So it's like follows this this junior high girl named Modoka who thinks that she's not special and she doesn't have anything special about her. But, Oh, one day there's this like cat named Q right? This white cat that comes along and he's like, Oh my God, Modoka, it's you. You're wonderful. It's like, you should make a contract with me and become a magical girl and fight witches. And I'm just like, yes. And she, and she doesn't end up doing it, but a lot of people around her end up doing it. And that's the whole arc about her eventually becoming a magical girl. But it, it is the type of show where it is, it is a show which originated the term The the Modica 3, whereas, like, you have to watch three episodes of it because the show at its beginning is absolutely nothing like what it is at its end. It goes from going way deep into these tropes and just, like, really playing it up to being one of the most nihilistic, existentially defeating shows I've ever seen and I love it. It is incredible. I'm definitely going to have to watch it. It is incredible. <laughs> it is like I the the villain of this show is so absolutely ghastly and the fact that they don't even care is just uh oh, it's amazing. Uh, I I would definitely recommend it. Um besides that, I just watched the the most recent episode of the the last season of Samurai Jack, like episode 8. Of this season, and it was great because it, it returned. It managed to fit in a creature of the week episode, hmm. which kind of like defined the, the show up to this point. Whereas, more of like this entire arc has been leading up to like the finale for it. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed it because it really just understood exactly what made Samurai Jack so great when it was on air 13 years ago, and the ending of that episode culminates a, a a a point in Jack's arc that I never thought to actually like think of um and it was wonderful the more time the more I actually like think about it I was kind of like off about it but it, the more I think about it it actually really does work in the in the condition of how it was presented um the only thing that I regret is that there are only two more episodes of this arc and I don't and I of this of the season yeah. and I don't know how how much time is going to be given to actually like parsing that out and actually like piecing it apart. But it's this, this season has been incredible. It, it's been absolutely wonderful from the jump and I am going to miss it so much when it's, when it's over, but I'm glad that we finally able to get this last season and finally finished off. Cause yeah, it's, it's a trip down memory lane. It's good. Nice. So yeah, that's what I watched.
0: I saw a critic call the latest episode of that show. Uh, like the horniest episode of Samurai Jack.
1: Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, that was wow. Ooh, I, I was ow. I was not prepared for how awkward Jack was going to be in that situation because he just he doesn't. He, he's been his entire life. He wants to get Samurai Jacked off? Oh, <laughs> oh. I'm just we're just gonna end it, it right there because like we gotta. <laughs> We got an episode to do. We got an episode to do, and that's great. That's a great ending point. Really
2: quick, uh, Nick, have you gotten a chance to view any of the uh, the Handmaid's Tale uh, episodes yet? No. No? Okay. Probably going to tackle that after The Leftovers is completely finished. Oh, wow. Okay. Because there's only like four more of those. And... I still need to start watching those. So. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Let me just say one We're thing. We're on the
2: opposite spectrum here because I'm halfway through this and you're halfway oh. through that. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> Halfway through The Handmaid's <laughs> Let me just... <laughs> this is great. Wow. This you know is what? really... No, I'm, I'm done. Mature. This is why we can't have nice things.
0: <laughs> Let's go to the review.
2: Yeah? yeah. Just not Just move on. Just not even comment on it. Okay, good. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is... Yeah. This is getting really close to 20 films in the MCU, right? Phase 7. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost there, I think, I want to say. I'm not quite positive how many there have officially been but it's a it's a it's a big number i just
1: want to take like a little like knife and just like cut off the guardians of the galaxy from the marvel universe and just like have it on its own little thing but i can't do that but they're whatever. so distinctly marble
3: i was gonna say
0: it is <laughs> no matter how much you like them and i like them too like yeah. they're not that
1: I know. Cause... They
0: they get better window dressing because they're in space and because... Yeah. Because they, because
1: they didn't just... give a fuck about those characters before and they let them be their own thing. Yeah, mm. but they're still Marvel well, characters. talk, about it. talk mean... about it. I've seen
2: 15 of them and I feel like I've seen all of them. So maybe I, I've missed one or two, but that's... It's a lot, though. Even yeah. 15 is a big number at this point. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, volume two of Guardians Actually, because the- really quick, it yeah. only started in 2007?
0: Yeah, that I was mean, the that's first time. only Iron been a decade, so. Yeah, it's a lot of movies. They're, that is
2: a they're lot. feeding them to us. Mm hmm. Anyway. And people are fucking eating that shit up. <laughs> Except for, uh, well, I was going to say, that it's not even a. Ben Affleck. Oh, I was going to say, it's not even that's a rivalry DC. with DC. It's. 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 doesn't it's, count. It's hilarious because it's been like a you know, like adult child like thing for a while. And DC like keeps thinking that they're gonna like catch up and it keeps getting further and further apart. Oh Zack Snyder. Darkness, my old friend. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm yeah to they, talk
2: to you again. They put all their chips in the Zack Snyder basket and that was a bad move. So, set to the backdrop, oh, this is IMDb, by the way. Set to the backdrop of awesome mixtape number two. Oh God, damn Gardens <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume 2 continues the team's adventures as they unravel the mystery of Peter Quill's true parentage.
1: I really hate that description. That's a really. Why would you? I hate I think the beginning. A four
3: year old could write a better description at that
2: point.
1: Uh, I hate well. the beginning. Challenge accepted. <laughs>
2: So, uh, this film does star Chris Pratt as Peter Quill slash Star-Lord, but again has Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillian, uh, and that's pretty much it of the people who are returning, but new people here include Kurt Russell, Elizabeth Debicki, and uh, Pom Kimenti. What? Uh, the girl plays Mantis. Yeah, oh. I can't. I can't pronounce her last name. It's bum. And for oh, some bomb. reason, Sylvester Stallone is here as well. <sighs> yeah.
3: Which I just have to point out that I did not know that he was in it prior Ooh. to seeing it, and he just kind of popped up, and I kind of just tilted my head and went, "What?" At the moment,
2: you betrayed you know? the law. <laughs> law. He's still pissed. He lost yeah. that Oscar to Mark Rylance, so <laughs> that sucks. Uh, Maybe he should try recognizing the people who actually make the film
1: next time. Yeah, that was... That was...
0: Mm. I'm <laughs> doing it, doing it. White power, baby.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been
0: in many pornos. <laughs> okay. Adrian! Adrian! Why do you say that every time you come? <laughs> we got your robot, Polly, I don't know... <laughs> yeah, it really... he's seriously like a character from <laughs> Lars von Trier's The Idiots.
2: <laughs> the worst voices. part is, is that he's clearly got CTE in the but It's hard to differentiate. Did you say ca- CTE in the butt? No. Uh, what do you say in the Rocky films? It <laughs> but it's hard to differentiate the character and Sylvester Stallone because the character has CTE, but I don't think, I don't think that. Sylvester Stallone does. So yeah. we may never know. <sighs> yeah, but he shaved his head for that role, so I mean, should have gotten the Oscar. So, anyways, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, we pretty much see Star Lord and the gang going through uh, the usual things that they would be going through after they become the Guardians of the Galaxy. Puberty. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then at the One same of them time, does. Yeah,
1: this
2: is true. <laughs> uh, the same time, though. <laughs> The predominant part of the film is centered around Peter Quill and his father, who is uh, named Ego, who's actually a a, a being or a planet, celestial being. planet. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it, it's so hard to say because the events surrounding the film. Don't feel that connected to the story. They don't
1: feel concerned for plot, really. They're no, more yeah. just like vignettes for like characters. Yeah, that so. just kind of like eventually coalesce towards the end of like one particular character's arc of of family.
2: Yeah. Since you just mentioned that, Tucson, why don't you start? Because I, I know Nick really loved the first one too, and, mm-hmm. and I like the first one. I yeah. came around because I, I didn't hate it when, we, when I first saw it, but I've come around in recent viewings a lot more than than at first. Um, but I know you guys both really enjoyed the first one and Sam, I'm assuming you're the same oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Tucson, you were, you were kind of going there. So why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember seeing the, uh, guardians of the galaxy, um, in theaters. I, I wasn't able to see it like when it opened because I was like celebrating some wedding for a friend in like another country. And so I wasn't able to go to the theater, but, um, I was very happy that it it was successful as it was because it just struck it struck me as a as a much weirder film. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still pretty much in the mold of a Marvel film. It is a Marvel film. It is undeniably a Marvel film, but it I don't know. It, it had kind of these these C tier characters, and it kind of like leaned into that and let them be just kind of like fucking assholes and just like its end credit scene was Howard the Duck. It was Howard. Yeah, it was yes. Howard the Duck and. It just allowed itself to be a little bit weirder than the more straight-laced, like, gung-ho, like, like Marvel Avengers. You killed Martha. Exactly. Like, like yeah. sort of like that. Um, and, you know, the first Guardians had the benefit of not having really a lot of expectations to it. And this one actually does have expectations because I feel like, for better or worse, Guardians of the Galaxy did have an impact on future MCU and, like, superhero films in general. Especially yeah. in the case of, like, Suicide Squad uh, and how it tried to model itself after the mold of that in, in some ways. And don't try to tell me that it didn't because it totally fucking did. This, this also got
2: a very, you know, for it being Guardians of the Galaxy, this got the early May release that in the previous two years, Avengers, Age of Ultron... Would have and gone to the top Cap- tier. Captain America, like, yeah. Civil War got. So right. this clearly marvel knew thought they had something here right
1: yeah Yeah. um so you know i i've read a lot of reviews and i've talked a lot of my colleagues about this like going into the film and one of them that struck me was uh from wired where it was just like if you were expecting something radically different going into this one then you're going to be disappointed and i'm just like who the fuck is going into a into a Marvel MCU film, let alone a Guardians of the Galaxy film, expecting something radically different. This is, for better or worse, it is more of everything that was in the original, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, only that I felt like it spent more time even to, like, flesh out sort of the the relationships between these characters and sort of this adoptive family dynamic. And, yeah, it's pretty fucking obvious that the theme is family. But, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, family... Um, and what, I'm, I'm. What's his line that he says?
0: no I ain't got a choice or something.
2: No, he says. Um, he says something where he screams it at her. Is, is that right? it? Yeah, that's it. Something oh, okay. like I ain't got no. It's just the tone in which yeah. he says it. Is. <laughs> I don't know
1: what cheers is. <laughs> She's just so beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I, so I <laughs> I I did enjoy this film. I I. I didn't think that it was like spectacular or anything, but I thought that it was a serviceable like follow up to it. I I can. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you saw a Marvel film that you thought was spectacular? Howard the Duck. Was uh, it the first
2: Guardians? Uh,
1: um, man, that's a dog? that's that's man that's that's got to wind the clock back. Um, anyway, <laughs> if um, if I could turn back, if turn. I could turn back time uh yeah but i liked all the characters here i liked their arcs i i think that kurt russell honestly as ego delivers what i think is one of the most memorable villains in the MCU. And that's and that's not saying a lot because there are a lot of really forgettable. And don't even tell me about like Loki because Loki's more of an antagonist. He's not a villain. He's, he's, he's an, an antagonist. He's
3: not even to me he's not even an antagonist. Yeah. He's more of like an anti-hero for yeah. the most part, you know. Yeah.
2: Who are the really good villains in the MCU? It's a ho- it's a short
1: um, list. Um the dude from the first movie and I literally mean that the dude The man who plays the... Bridges? Yeah, he plays like Um, some... From
2: Iron Man? Yeah. um, Obadiah... Yeah, Yeah, Stone... Stain... stain, Stank... Stank. Red Red Red, Skull. Obadiah Stank. Red Skull in the first Captain America is really good. And And that's about it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's a really short list. And I thought I I really liked Kurt Russell as Ego. I think that he really knocked it out of the park. Um, I like the soundtrack in this for the same reasons. I I think that there are... a couple of choices that are a little more obvious. Um, And I can speak for my own like sort of like affection for one in particular that it was the opening track, Mr. Blue Sky by electric light orchestra. I love that song. Honestly, I do. So I was really happy it was on there. Um, I like the soundtrack in this for the same reason that I liked it in the first film. And I think that it's the way that it uses that soundtrack and the way that it integrates in that soundtrack is a lot smarter. It's not, it's not, it's it's not genius in anything, but it's a lot smarter than what a lot of tentpole like superhero or action films, for that matter, actually like use soundtrack in in that, in that it is both a diegetic and a non diegetic artifact within the actual film itself. And I wish more films actually did that.
2: It was a lot harder here too because they had people expecting that it was going to be
1: there. exactly that that yeah. that's it. I was like, okay. Another thing I liked. Two more things. Um, I like the design of the spaceships. They're fucking rad. Yeah. It's like Dan McFerrin meets Mobius meets Sid Mead. And I'm just fucking just so excited about that shit. About the <laughs> drill. The, the drill with the little like orbs on the side that kind of like coalesce into like the light streams and shit. That was so dope. Um, cool. Yeah. And uh, the design of Ego's Planet slash Castle where used fucking fractals. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm such a fucking nerd for fractals. Yes, uh, you are. Uh, Boy. If people, uh, did, if people didn't know, they do now. Yeah. Oh, Surprise. my God. So <laughs> I like the visual design of that. Um, and I'll There abs- are too many people who are
2: complaining about anything involving the visuals in no there's a
1: lot of people who complain about the visuals and saying really? there's too much on the screen And i'm just like you know i understand i understand it's not the, fucking transformer i understand the in in the case for like transformers like yeah i understand that because it becomes so convoluted with so many different crashing bodies of metal that are rendered at at high high def that it becomes hard to follow like the cause of the line of causality of action to action, whereas with this, I felt like there's a lot of quick cuts, especially when they're like maneuvering from through the, the asteroid cloud away from the mm-hmm. sovereign and stuff like that. That's that it, it gets really kind of like choked up in that part. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other parts where it's like oh, oh, I got a lot to talk about this film, but okay. I, I just want to like close it up and saying. I enjoyed it, and it, and apparently that is blasphemous in some what? circles. Nah,
2: so Wait, I will surprise? I will to- I just yeah
1: I will toss that off to somebody else whoever wants it.
2: Sam, you wanna yeah. sure? All
3: right. Uh, kind of going off of the the whole idea of like the spaceships and everything too. Good. That that was something that I like, and even like visually to me it was beautiful, like the richness of colors and everything. Um, especially considering that you know. Ego's planet is a part of him too to create something that is so incredibly diverse in in like its terrain and and all the coloring and things like that Um, I like the little egg pod things um, oh,
1: the, the the ones were kind of like uh, to show
3: like segments of the story. Yeah,
1: the little dioramas of yeah. his story. Yeah,
3: um, that was a really cool element to me um, that I was not anticipating in like the storytelling. I was kind of anticipating some sort of like daydreaming or some sort of like dreamlike sequence, um, but that really like was was a cool aspect of it to me. Um, aside from. I am just a huge fan of Baby Groot in general, <laughs> um, just because he's so stinking cute. Um,
2: and his screen time wasn't just, he wasn't Steve stifler into this movie, which I was a little right. concerned about. <laughs>
3: yeah. um, he had an actual purpose.
2: You mean he um,
0: didn't eat somebody else's semen?
2: Well, that <laughs> and- Wow. He didn't get. He did throw up. Bleh. He didn't yeah. get turned Ugh. into the main character. I guess is more what yeah. i was speaking on. But but also that the right. semen thing. Yes, say, am not wrong? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but I I definitely agree with the previous discourse of you know there's not necessarily a giant narrative that flows from the first movie into the second movie. Um, but I. I don't think that's necessary right now. Um, I think they're still trying to get the audience familiar with the characters and who they are, and and kind of that sort of background of them, especially if they want to go a little bit further into the storytelling of the Guardians.
2: They want superhero movies to be fun, which is something that's been a struggle. Not yeah. not, and it's not only just DC either. Marvels had the same problems. So. There's,
1: I mean, they started out. As, as, as corny as they were, with with like Sam Raimi's like Spider Man, it still had this sort of appeal to it in fun. And then it started to get more darker and gritty. Mir- yeah, it was
2: Christopher Nolan who yeah, the, really it, changed the tide.
1: Yeah, but he was working singularly within his own continuity. But then everybody else was like, "No, we all have to be that." And now I feel like, and maybe Guardians even falls victim to this as well, where it's like now they're we're sort of hanging fun as an affectation rather than an actual like genuine like lighthearted like appeal where he's like, oh we're fun, we're Deadpool, Jimmy Tonga. <laughs> hey guys
0: You an animatronic mouse from <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese?
1: No, that's that's that might as well be Deadpool. Yeah. So
2: that scene before uh Logan is still terrible. So it is. It's yeah. never going to be good. <laughs> but
1: you saw his butt wacky <laughs> Sam, please continue
2: Anyway.
3: Um, please. I don't know how I like get us back on track. That was way too far off. Um uh, Steve Urkel there?
2: That was pretty cool. <laughs> we have fun here. <laughs> he definitely is. But, uh, clearly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um those dance moves, I'm not gonna <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's enough. Um,
1: <laughs> don't you ever do that to me again.
2: Now he's gonna always do it. You shouldn't what? have said
0: that. Did I do that? <laughs>
3: very much appreciated this film um i i absolutely adored the first one um despite the fact that i hadn't been able to go see it in theaters and i actually during its duration um that it was in theaters i actually never saw it Mm -hmm. um and despite the fact that one of my good friends had been like hey this is something that you'll love why didn't you go see it go see it and I was like, all right, fine. And I ended up like watching it like on TV the one day, and I ended up falling in love with it, and then I became obsessed slightly. Um, and after, you know, I, I rewatched the first one um, fairly recently mm-hmm. to kind of prep for the second one. Um, and it was interesting watching some of the characters kind of have new... Little traits to them um, that were slightly different from their their other characters in in the previous one, um, kind of like a little bit like Gamora. Um, there wasn't as much as a like rigidness to me with the others,
2: mm-hmm. and I don't yeah. know
3: if that makes sense. Um, no, I
2: mean she's more part of the team now. Yeah, yeah. She was a bit so, of an antagonist in the first film.
3: Um, and what
2: really quickly yeah. uh, specifically since. Since you're the only only female on this panel, and this film does definitely delve into check. Jesus Christ.
1: Anyway, does continue.
2: Definitely delve into quite a bit of the uh the odd sister relationship between her and Nebula. Yeah. What did you think about that aspect of this film? Because that got a, a big part of play throughout the film, uh, specifically in the uh a couple scenes late uh, in the in yeah. the third act.
3: Um it was Oh man, um, I'm trying to like gather my thoughts on this, sister. Um, sister, <laughs> um, it's not ripe yet. Yeah,
2: that was stupid. Uh, I like that. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. It's like, can I? Ha- I want something. Oh, that, like, no, that, it's that, not ripe that, yet, and I hate the, you. The ripe thing that kept coming back. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, I wasn't really sure what was going on and, and <laughs> what. The whole exactly, Drax just kicks no it away
2: from her. It's like food. it's not ripe she's gonna, yet. She's yeah. gonna eat the fruit, and it, like three different yes. people tell her it's ripe, and then finally, like ten minutes later, she takes a bite, throws it, and says, "Ah, it isn't ripe."
0: Meh. Yes, I can't take that seriously because I can't <laughs> watch anybody say the word "ripe" and eat fruit after Nicolas Cage did it And Face Off. Ripe like a peach.
1: To get, take his
2: face off. So Nebula and Gamora.
3: Um, yes, coming back to them. Yes. Um I um jeez.
2: I really put you on the spot here. I'm yeah, sorry. That's, that's okay. Mm, um, Jesus Christ. I Alex. know, asshole. Sorry.
3: <laughs> nah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> she didn't <deny> I, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> can, I, can I ask
1: a, a question of Sam to sort of just like get the, get the sure, wheels turned? Whatever her. Whatever. We're going to skip past that so, <laughs> move to Tucson's question. W- w- what did you think of Nebula? How do you feel about
0: your family? <laughs>
1: what, what did you think about Nebula in the first film as compared to this film? Do you care more about her in this film? I... Hmm. What's your reaction to her?
3: Well, initially, especially when uh, they had her as captive on the ship and they were going to basically take her to, you know.
1: Novacore To, yeah. to
3: Novacore, um, so that they could have her. Um, I found it very interesting that they didn't treat her as horribly for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, because they kind of just, you know, put a, um, a set of handcuffs on her and kind of just she was still like right there like, they're assholes not else. bad guys right um, I know but if th- she's a security risk on on your you know on your ship and yeah. well it's not the United you... States taking her so <laughs> That's you know true. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry so, we actually overbooked book the Milano uh, I'm
3: sorry
1: <laughs> it's not United Airlines either yeah. she would been deep shit oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. you're about to get shit <laughs> out the, <yeah, laughs> the airlock
2: <laughs> and cut off her other hand uh, yeah.
3: um, which, <laughs> oh which
0: I make a joke and everybody <laughs> freaks out.
3: Going off of that, because um, <laughs> um, What is the deal? I found it kind of interesting that um, you get an idea of why she is so animatronic, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely it, it creates a little bit more empathy for her character in this film. Um, I in the first film, I actually really liked her character, mm-hmm. as, even if she was sort of like a. Antagonist of some sort for for them. Um, she She's a very interesting being, um, especially since she's always trying to better her sister, even though she knows that she can't necessarily best her in anything. Yeah. Um, which, you know, A for effort, but at the same time, it's definitely seeing their, coming back to Alex's question, mm-hmm. um, like, seeing their relationship kind of come to fruition in this especially like them fighting um is something that it i mean it makes you wonder about the the background of them as well mm-hmm. especially since um nebula now wants to go after thanos it,
2: it they have such an interesting you know, they have such an interesting just because they are Actually, somewhat related, obviously mm-hmm. to the, even though it's been pushed away quite a bit, they are related to the MCU's overarching villain, yeah. in yeah.
1: Thanos, and so is Drax too. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. it's it, it's closer and in, in yeah, that it feels
2: mm-hmm. it feels different, and it seems as though you know it, it's. There's an easy way to like both of them and not like both of them, depending on what scene it is. And it's, they just have very, they feel a lot deeper as characters than pretty much everybody else other than maybe Peter, but yeah, eh. even him, I I don't, I don't know. Even
3: then, I don't think he's that, like, you don't get that much character depth.
1: Even here, you've already, you've already, you've, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I really want to talk about Peter's character because I really like him in this I feel film. like he now I has do too. Yeah.
2: I unfortunately I feel like he has nothing left to offer now. I think that he has a lot to offer I think he does too. No, as a person. No, is is a as a character in terms of creating storylines. You've already just played your card of uh the whole thing about his family and his father so you now have nothing left. I
1: think that there's there's definitely some more stuff to, okay. to to mine out of that. If I could talk about that, but anyway, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Sorry, I'm creating.
3: Oh no, there's more. like seven different discussions. Yeah, all sure. Like, yeah,
1: we're kind of like we're kind of like connected. the film itself. Like we got so yeah. much shit going on, we, we can't really follow it sometimes.
2: Just to fill you in, we had a three-hour episode on Batman vs Superman last year. Oh, so
1: ooh, I would
0: say yeah. you guys did. Okay. <laughs> we didn't mean- and I was sitting here
1: we, we <laughs> patiently. Did, <laughs> we didn't mean to do that. We didn't I just mean, had we nothing to. Offer. Now, in it's fairness, right. we did spend an hour of it talking about Marvel. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, all I right. remember. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, Brian. But, but yeah, if I if I were to talk a little bit about Peter, I I like I like how how Peter acts in this film yeah. a lot. I I I think that it sums up with sort of like the ending when he was just about to like fight Ego, like when when he. When when he's talking to Yondu and Yondu's like, you think that I aim this arrow with my head? It's like, no, I aim it with my heart, which is also sort of like seren- oh. It's no, it's serendipitous <laughs> because like the Dark Tower trailer just came out and it has like the the gunslinger's mantra that's exactly like that. I'm just like, oh my, that's a different thing. I, I can't get into that right now. It it, it, it means a lot to me. Anyway, um, shut up, <laughs> shut up. But um, anyway, I I love how his his big statement before he literally is about to go kick the shit out of ego mm-hmm. is you killed martha no no this 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 very timid childlike your mom this this timid childlike juxtaposition between saying that like you shouldn't have killed my mom and squished my walkman like this is literally a guy whose socialization was stunted because of the fact that he was abducted when he was 10 years old and and raised with 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 raunchy like scavenger ravages and basically he's built up his entire persona basically not only of how he relates to other people how he projects himself to how to complete strangers as the Star-Lord, how he relates to women as this sort of, like, chauvin- chauvinist, like, kind of, like, daring-do sort of, like, character. I do in the In the model that, yeah, I'm the alpha,
2: alpha male. I thought the film really did not hit on that at I all. I think that... In, th- in this version. I think
1: that it... It was totally pushed to the side. I don't. I don't think it was totally pushed to the side. I, dude, when he's talking to the sovereign and he's just like, "Yeah, I could show you how to do that." It's like, I guess I just like making babies the old-fashioned way. It's like, yeah, it's it's that corny yeah shit that you know. It's like, man, you're not that cool. The, that was one you're line. Not, you're not cool, Peter. And it's like, and I love that they make him just so painfully not cool sometimes. And I appreciate it, it it it's there, there's something endearing for the fact that he could say those two things in the same sentence and they're so diametrically opposed to how they are worded that it just shows how how at the same time how emotionally stunted but also how emotionally mature he is at the same time that he can he doesn't have time for poetics he's just going to tell you you shouldn't have done that and now I'm going to beat you up yeah yeah. so
2: did you have any more thoughts on on anything before we 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 move on here a little bit I know we were talking we got a little involved with Nebula and Gamora's and Toussaint's Peter Quill love, but um, was there anything else you wanted to hit on before we me and Nick give our opening um, remarks?
3: The uh, I'd say the final remark is um, I appreciate the appearance of mantis, yeah. um, and uh, the. The sole line that Drax says to her is that, you know, you're beautiful on the inside, but yeah. you're still ugly on the outside. I tried to, um, I tried to let I, you down easy yeah. by telling you
1: how <laughs> fucking hideous I find you. No, I don't even like you. I don't even like what you are. Oh, that hurts my That's feelings.
3: Hurt. <laughs> um, so I thought that that was an interesting uh, dynamic that they brought um, by having Mantis interact with Drax, for sure. Um and it was nice to see another female brought on that's not necessarily villainous mm-hmm. in the eyes, like with Nebula or, or things like that. What are you so... doing
1: with your face? <laughs> Smiling. It was like it was like I, I hear that's what you need to do if you want people to like you, not like that. It's like, can I pet your puppy? Like, yes. <laughs> that was that was good. That was it good. Was. What a fucking dick. Yeah.
3: Um. So yeah, it was it was nice to see her. Um come on screen and and hopefully she'll be around for the next
2: you will probably not be disappointed I
3: was gonna say I mean yandu has gone so spoiler I'm sorry that's weird Um,
1: we don't we'll talk about it
0: spoilers don't exist
1: not on this podcast we We usually spoil Spoil that and other films
2: I mean I'm thinking (laughs) it's already done so
1: so. can I ask
0: a really quick question sure yes you can give your remarks but this is a very quick thing okay um, to them hard of hearing, I don't explicitly know what was said at one juncture. In the beginning of the film, maybe not beginning, but I think around the first scene that Yondu, when he's at the club, you mm-hmm. know, and he has sure. sex with the alien hooker, I guess.
2: Yeah, Um. the Sylvester Stallone scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. before he meets up with him.
0: Yeah. yeah. In that scene, at one point, somebody says something to Yandu as essentially accusing him of what everybody hates him for. Yeah. What did he say again? Or you what
1: dealt he... in kids. That's against the Ravager The, the, okay, the
0: way. way that was said...
1: Made it sound like he's a... Molester? Yeah.
0: Because he kept saying, oh, I didn't know how old they were. Yeah.
1: No, I didn't know what happened to them. Yeah. I, I just feel like
0: there was a much better way to write that scene because... Yeah. Even like hearing those words now come across clearly, it yeah. doesn't quite <laughs> negate the possibility. Yeah.
3: It does sound awkward, especially. It does.
1: You it. Yeah. wow, yeah. we're talking about child trafficking so in a Marvel film. It's
0: like what I heard. Hmm? Okay. Anyway, I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Alex, you go.
2: So, um, I I quite enjoy the first film. I thought it was a nice change of pace from. The standard Marvel fare, which pretty much all of these films have started to morph together in one way or another. And uh, unfortunately for me, uh, I, I felt like this one to me felt a bit stale. Um, and I, I feel like it is not... Bad in any way, really, but at the same time, it brought nothing overly great to the tables and that's I agree. that's kind of the problem I had with it like I couldn't not like this film like I thought it was just fine. I thought there were funny parts, I thought there were some really nice action sequences. I thought the graphics in here were more than passable um but for the most part, I thought the dialogue was not good i uh, I really don't care that much about the soundtrack, so that did nothing for me because that really isn't my thing. And uh, the characters that I wanted to have more time be focused on, some of them were and some of them weren't. And that's just how it goes when you, you go see films that are based on so many characters and they pretty much choose to to go deep on and luckily one of them was Yandu, who I really enjoy and um, you know became one of my favorite characters from the first film and he's I mean in a way he's one of the main characters in this film and uh, he ends up being a pivotal character obviously in, in the finale of, of this and also the day of the film as well as he's his funeral is basically the very ending of this film and I feel like that was just my ultimate problem with with this film and maybe more a problem with Marvel's writing style is that it isn't until they choose to kill off a character that they really give a fuck care about writing them. Um and I, I feel like they gave Yandu a really nice arc throughout this film and really explained the origin of his character and his purpose in this film and also the previous film and gave him importance at the end of the film. And, It made me really enjoy his character. I thought Michael Rooker gave a great performance. He's clearly someone who has been riding the coattails of this as he went to Comic-Con dressed as Yondu. I
1: mean, Mm -hmm. Michael Rooker has been with James Gunn for near the entirety of his career and most of every single one of his projects. Yeah, but
2: he he is... Like, this is very important for him as an actor. It's his breakout role. He hit his stride.
0: Uh, His breakout was Walking Dead. But... And then this uh, yeah. came, I'm just but, saying as far as when households yeah. knew him. Yeah. But in and terms then this of, was like, oh, it's the guy from Walking Dead. In terms
2: of know. getting paid, he has oh, yeah. he has embraced this role. Yeah. Yeah. And now and not that it's his
1: most popular character.
2: Yeah. But and not the you know, I'm sad that his character is dead or anything like that. I but know. it yeah, yeah, It's 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 just it's it it feels like a struggle for me that a, a cinematic universe that now has something like a hundred characters floating throughout it that could come and go at any time. And it feels like no one tries unless they're going to give them a send off is ah, I, I don't know. It, 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 it brought up a lot more problems within the MCU than just in this film. It's for like, me.
1: it's like how, well, there's a lot of problems with Ant-Man. It's like how in Ant-Man, uh, the, the titular character is kind of bland in a lot of ways but it wasn't until like his portrayal in Civil War when he was just kind of like a bit character mm-hmm. that he yeah. really like shine it was like here's your shields captain america like that's still really fucking funny like yeah, that's it, all
2: he's ever that's all ant man's ever going to be though unfortunately
1: I'm, yeah i'm i'm more i'm interested i'm more interested in ant man as a garnish than as the main yeah. d- main dish yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah but it's just in
2: and um just here in this film, in general, it just didn't move the needle for me. There's no other way to to really put it like Kurt Russell was fine in his performance, and I thought his character was was pretty pretty good throughout um i I hated that final scene between him and Star Lord, and we can talk more about that later, but okay. I just felt like that just was a huge wasted opportunity that had a chance to actually be a very good finale yeah. and felt just, oh, let's have a big part of the scene being the two of them flying around like Voldemort and Harry Potter. Like, I, I, I just, I couldn't... What's wrong with Harry Potter?
3: I, I'm not going to lie, actually. When I was watching it, that's actually something that went through my yeah. brain was like, are they just going to, like fly around like yeah. that like scene that was in harry potter that yeah. wasn't necessary yeah. yeah and it wasn't even in the novel either which i'm <laughs> a novelist but whatever <laughs> um
2: <laughs> it, i i just i don't know there's just so many things about this that i just didn't love but at the same time i enjoyed watching it so it's a it's just another entry for me and it's it's there's been too many of them lately for marvel that are just kind of another one so yeah. I will obviously comment more later. But I'm interested to hear Nick's thoughts because I know you are the one who got me in the theater to see the original, which I'm obviously <laughs> glad you yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know of all the Marvel films, this is one that you probably enjoy the most, I would guess? I would say so. It's this or... or... Sorry, sorry, the first one. The first is, one, is, yeah. yeah. It's either that or probably Iron Man 3. It's one yeah. of So two. Um, so I know you're at least interested to see this. Yeah,
0: I am, or I was. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say... I will say, before I even comment on this one, I will say every time I watch the first one, I kind of like it a little bit less. I mean, there's certainly a a floor. It's not like it's just going to keep plummeting or anything like that. But the novelty is worn off, so I I wouldn't say I love it anymore by any means. But I like it. And going into this one, I didn't really have any expectations because that's dangerous for Marvel and for me. Uh, So I got to say I walked out of this, and I I liked it. I, I wouldn't say it's anything to write home about. But I liked some of the choices that it made. I thought the soundtrack was actually better than the first movie soundtrack, which I quite enjoyed, obviously, because that was one of the best parts of the first movie. Yeah. But I liked the choices here, which seem less to be um, enjoyed purely by uh, recognition, but also by the virtue of uh, just being thematically relevant. I mean, the choice of like The Chain by Fleetwood Mac... Is pretty brilliant because of the whole history behind Fleetwood Mac and how they weren't the greatest people, but when they were, and they didn't really like each other that much, but when they were making music together, they were able yeah. to do what nobody else telling. could.
1: They created rumors, which that entire album fucking rocks. Yeah, which is yeah. what the
0: chain is from. Yeah, and um, so I, yeah, just little details like that, I thought, I thought were pretty great, and um, yeah, I definitely did enjoy. Uh, Baby Groot dancing to Mr. Blue Sky. Can
2: I ask yes. you a question? Yeah. You had mentioned some things specifically regarding the soundtrack yes. uh, involving the final scene, involving Peter and <laughs> Ego, and I, I was hoping you could you yeah. kind of elaborate on that was the only conversation time. we had.
0: Yeah, that was the only time in this movie that the soundtrack grated on me, because in this soundtrack, one of my all-time favorite songs, I'm talking like... Uh, like the like music 50, history. Yeah, yeah, 50 best songs I've ever heard or just my personal favorites. This song is one of them. Uh, and that's uh, Cat Stevens' Father and Son, which is what plays on the Zoom that oh. Peter Will is given while they do the Ravager burial um, and whatnot. And I love that song. And, of course, before I saw the movie, I saw the soundtrack listing, which I didn't care, like, whatever. And that only made me kind of excited because I'm like, okay, this is a movie about Peter and Ego, and that this, you know, that is going to be a major thing. And of course, he picks one of my all time favorite songs, which so perfectly captures their actual struggle. It's not just because they're father and son, but because that song itself is sung from his perspective of the father and of the son, in which he changes the key of his voice depending on who's uh, talking about the ide- ideological. Blah, ideological, I can't say anymore. Ideological. Ideological. There we go. (laughs) Uh, That word, uh, differences between the two of them and how that drives the the two people apart. And the only thing that separates them really is generations and just a, um, you know, the son is working from a emotionally short-sighted, I don't know, viewpoint, and the father is a much more calm and collected, um, but yet... Cold and not understanding perspective. And mm. obviously that's actually what happened here. You know, you have Peter Quill fighting his father, not physically yet, but um, coming to uh, discussion. Well, no, I was going to say coming to, I was going to say disown him because of the fact that he wants to basically wipe out entire <laughs> the entire existence of everybody in favor of his own petty Whatever, all-consuming—I I don't even know what you call it—not greed, but just uh, yeah. indifference. If, 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 yeah, if, I yeah. think indifference. Also. It feels like the usual, though. right, right. Yeah. Um, and Peter saying no, and using his heart, so to speak, and saying neither people, and neither my friends, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and that's the only reason why we shouldn't kill them. Like, there's no other better reason than that. And then they play that song during the Ravager funeral. Um, which felt more like how Grey's Anatomy uses indie songs to melancholy ends, yeah. you know? Like, it, it completely diminished the point of the song and whatever. So that was just like a little gripe ahead. Because I thought that was so perfect, I genuinely thought they were going to fight to that song. And I thought James Gunn was going to come up with like a visual. And considering how much time we focus on them fighting. He could have put it in there, like there was not time to spare, yeah. <laughs> or there was time to yeah. spare. So anyway, that was just a random little gripe that I thought was kind
1: of stupid. That sounds like something that how Scrubs would use, like licensed music. Yeah, but they would do it good. Where did I go wrong? A lost friend. <laughs> hey, that's like one of the
2: best episodes of that show.
0: How to say? that was before anybody actually knew that song.
2: I know so. yeah. that song was great. So, any other uh, opening remarks? So, opening,
0: I will say that, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. I will say, I wish, considering Marvel already has it in their mind that these movies are going to be mega successes before they come out, and they greenlight them years in advance,
2: whatever. Before the first one comes out. They just don't give a fuck.
0: Because they have that mentality, I wish they would use that mentality to good use. So, I wish there would have been... More, this this feels, I wouldn't say a retcon, but this feels more like a retroactive movie because we have, in the first movie, the issues of Peter's uh, heritage, and we have the, um, Kind of bickering between Yandu and Peter, which is actually kind of a big part of the first movie. Not like for dramatic stakes, but that's kind of what drives a lot of that plot. Um, it does. Yeah. And so. There's a lot, of
2: lot more contention, too, between yeah. all of the characters.
0: And so this movie, I think, single handedly makes that actually somewhat better now that we know the payoff and we know the reasoning behind. But I also don't think that they knew when they made that, the first movie. But they would have the Yandu subplot for sure, and I just wish if they're gonna plan on doing these movies, no matter what, that there would be more connective tissue between the two. Mm. And um, considering that's that's what they say they do over and over, like with their Easter eggs and their five post-credit scenes, and like why can't we take that effort and energy and put them into the actual films themselves? Because it's
2: all just window dressing. It like, is. They're not. I agree. They're not actually doing that. Well, then, so. and that's <laughs> that's the sad part. So. <laughs>
0: Overall, I'll say this. I don't know that there's anything exponentially good about this movie, but I was never not enjoying it from second to second.
2: Yeah. Toussaint, you okay. seemed like you were just bursting with more comments, so why don't you bring some more to the table here for us? Yeah. Go. Ask me a question. <laughs> I, I, I said bursting with comments. I don't know how I could... Weren't you I, going to say something I've about no, Peter yeah.
0: Quill's uh, arc or something? Yeah, oh, I already yeah.
1: talked about that. I oh, like that. Okay. Yeah. That's also, nice. I like The Sovereign. Okay. The sovereign was really cool. I thought they Are were those really
0: video game players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was... this, yeah, just, this, yeah. This film oh, yeah.
1: leans as much the as Sega the, Wave as, as much as the first <sighs> film like leaned into sort of this like like this cultural zeitgeist affectation for for eighties like throwback like aesthetics. Right. Yeah. This one went even harder where they had to like literally have a. An arcade that people... That the Sovereign race, like, use it as a way to control their drone, like, spaceship force. And I didn't know how I felt about that. I thought it was kind of... This is a little bit on the nose, guys. I don't
2: know enough about comic books. You don't need... I
1: don't know shit about this, but... Yeah, Yeah,
2: so... It's Adam Warlock, right? At the, at the end in the post-credit scene, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what is that character cuz I know nothing about
1: that. I don't know anything about no. that character at all <laughs> and I actually looked up like who that character was supposed to be. Yeah. All I saw was that there was an old comic uh oh, illustration man. of him with the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh,
2: they're getting so fucking like it's it's getting to the point where it's like the the cuts are so deep now that like mm-hmm. You can't even, mm-hmm. like, get close. Like, yeah. It's like,
1: who? Yeah, you got yeah, it. I mean, ego is uh, a deep cut. And even in, they, the, in, in the I original... read that
2: they had to pay for him.
1: Yes. They had to pay Sony yeah.
2: to use him. And then, what was it? Well, they the, got their money's worth. Sony got to use something in their film. Yeah, uh,
1: Sony got to use Marvel in order to, like, make an actual good Spider-Man film.
2: Well, no, what mm-hmm. was... No. Burns. Burn, wait, what? let it burn. What? You, wait, what'd you say? I mean Usher that pressure reference. M, yeah. No. What? What? What did they get to use in? Because they, they were It was. It was oh recent.
1: What was it? Do you remember? What was recent is that like Marvel actually like agreed to like help them make a good Spider-Man. No, oh. that's we not just had what it was.
0: this conversation.
2: So, anyways, continue on. I'll look it up.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, I like the Sovereign, and oh, I don't boy. really like how. It feels way more on the nose than it needs to be. Um, it's a little obvious, uh, especially with the whole – I hated the the, the post credit scenes because as they kept on going on, it's like the first ones were funny, right? I liked those and first they were funny, then they were intriguing and then they just kind of like went on and on until finally you get to the last one. My dad wanted to stay for the last one. I already saw it and I didn't even want to see it like in theaters the first time. <laughs> And it was the Stan Lee thing, I was like, hey guys, where you going? Where, where how am I gonna get back home? Oh I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Why did we devote time to sort of like it it was just a cameo and now and now I have to have to
0: It was only a kiss, how did it end up like this? How did it end
1: up like this? How did it end up like this? I'm not gonna go on with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for it to go. Yeah. On, but, right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. We grew up in the early aughts. We know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I. I. I, I kind of want to pass this off to somebody else and kind of like bounce off of them. Like Sam, what else you got? got on.
3: Um. I mean, it's unrelated to the topic that you were Please. discussing. Yes. Go ahead. Um. It kind of goes back to a little bit of like what Alex was talking about prior. Um. In, like, the the script and the writing of it, that there's nothing really new that's brought to the stage or anything like that, no. necessarily.
1: It's it's um, fairly broad strokes and and pretty it, much painted on family. Yeah. Yeah.
3: There's also and, – and I realized it while I was, like, sitting there watching it. As much as I, you know, as much as I was enjoying my time and, like, the – you know, and watching it and everything, there were a lot of just – moments when i was like you know i feel like they're just kind of making jokes and they're just kind of like it's just kind of like yeah. here's a good line all right we're gonna keep going oh here's another good one um and so i got kind of like i mean yeah i i'm watching it but and i and i could see and i could follow the the narrative and everything but it, it wasn't as as profound of a of a story for the most part as like with the first one this movie spends you know?
0: five minutes saying the word taser face over, over yeah. and over. yeah this it's, is it's really such true. a <laughs> it's such a funny joke
1: no it's not um
0: i mean i know is he's actually from the comics yeah like, you know so it's not like yeah. it's a random but yeah. like by the
1: fourth time what else yeah. are you gonna call yourself yeah. scrotum head <laughs> anyway that's, just, that's what they
2: say. really quickly uh, yeah uh Sony was able to use Negasonic Teenage Warhead in the that's Deadpool cool. film I actually because
1: really liked her. Yeah, there She's you go. Cool. Yeah. Ego was worth it then. It, it so. was it was actually mutually <laughs> beneficial cuz I liked both of those characters. There you go. Right? For right. different reasons, but yeah, that was good. Continue great. on. I had to get that in there. Yeah, yeah that's totally fine. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean that's kind of all I had to mm-hmm. say on that little <laughs> bit. There um,
1: were there there were like there's like two scenes that I'm I'm looking forward to being able to screenshot when I have the the time to, to do it. When I have the opportunity to do it. It's like it's when uh it's when Peter is on Ego Ship and they're going to his planet and it's sort of like framed with him sort of like on the left and he's just like listening to his to, to his Walkman, he's just, like, listening to music, and he kind of, like, looks up. And I was like, I thought that was a pretty, like, well-framed yeah. shot. And then there's the one where Gamora is, like, sitting in the middle of the desert, like, by herself and just, like... I know which one. Yeah.
3: The, um, the one with um, uh, Peter Quill is, like, where you see more of, like, the, the top, yes. essentially. And he's... Yes, yeah, like, this, yeah. It's this beautiful, like, giant yeah. like, picture frame, essentially. Right, like, yeah. I, I have to say, like... With that, I really like a lot of like some of the artistic things that yeah. were that were done in it. I thought that you know? this was
1: really that great was art really... design and concept design yeah, yeah i I, it's I, I enjoyed to it watch. yeah, can
2: I say and this is i mean it, like I liked him in the first film, so I don't want to say that I've already mentioned that I like Yandu's character and he's my favorite character from this universe, so it is kind of meh that it's gone now, but uh I want to comment really quickly about just. A Michael Rooker's acting, and B just that scene, and it's when he's being held captive after his original whatever you want to call Finn, it was Finn blasted gets blasted off, and the depression in his face, it, it was just such a interesting moment to me, like a like a person who's had something that is a part of their being ripped away from them, yeah. almost like a almost like a child dying, and I, I mean I it, it's not it's. I, I'm, I'm trying Tell to find... that to a parent who it, lost their child.
1: It was, no, it was <laughs> I'm, literally I'm, I'm, hooked up to his brain. Yeah, no, it's yeah. literally... It, it's like somebody amputated it's a limb. It was of him. Here's the thing, I was on
0: board for that, but then apparently yeah. it was as easy as getting Groot to go get a fin out of the drawer. Then I'm like, oh, I guess it's not that... Yeah. Singular, so to that speak. That was yeah. that was. By the I way, I thought it was at least going to go through the whole movie without it. Because I thought sh- that would have been like a visual metaphor. For that,
2: that was the one standout scene from this film was Yandu and uh, Rocket yeah. and. Groot's escape from there was yes. just fucking fantastic. When it, it panned yes. over their After faces, the, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah. action, the soundtrack going with and it. I went it to Bruce, Bruce, he's like, he's and the scowling. Americans <laughs> come a little bit closer." The, yeah. the the when the lighting goes down and you just see the red yeah. of yeah. The, uh, the arrows that flying was, around. <laughs> oh,
3: that was beautiful. Oh, I'm yeah. not yeah. gonna lie, they like they peace to
0: resistance.
3: Yeah, that was
2: boss That was that was fantastic. Yeah, that was. That was it's. It's really sad that that's the most memorable part of your movie.
1: There are a lot of memorable parts for. Well, there K. are a few others. Yeah. You
3: know, not necessarily completely. Like- uh,
1: Howard the Dude. Duck being in the yeah. film, not in the post credits. What, what was his line? What was his line? I don't know. Don't the duck. fuck
2: with the duck. No, it was like you're. He goes, <laughs> you're if you've not had
0: luck, then you haven't tried to duck or something. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Um, the same thing with Marvel movies. Oh, I really... Try Marvel, or I mean, try Howard the Duck.
1: I I enjoy the part where they were flying over, like, uh, Ego's planet, because it felt like, it's like, wow, this kind of, like, looks like... This looks like a fractal version of the Far Plains from Final Fantasy X. And that's, like, the most nerdy reference in this entire review. But I didn't care because I was just like, wow, this is really pretty. And I was like, oh, man, I, too, am extremely humble.
3: It, it actually, for some reason, I haven't played it yet. Mm. Um, but it made me think of No Man's Land.
1: No Man's Sky? Yeah, No yeah, Man's Sky. Yeah, it looks like that. that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, like, the same sort of, like,
1: Garish S- colors. Garish, like, yeah. like saturated sapia-like yep. color palette. Yeah. So
3: yeah. I, I definitely connected that. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. yeah. It's very, very pretty. I yeah. think it's a very pretty film. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think we can go into finals. Oh, Let's right. Finals. <laughs> Let's do it. Not to yeah. dictate
2: it. Okay, that's fine. Um, do you want to kind of go backwards? So, Nick, do you yeah, want to start? Say, go for it
0: this was pretty much okay I enjoyed it I was entertained by it I would definitely watch it again but I really have nothing to say in its defense uh, so yeah. I give it three out of five because it's a it's a win for Marvel in my book which is they don't have a lot of those in in my particular book so I definitely recommend it three out of five.
2: Where does this rank in the MCU? Is this third behind the first one in... I'd have to look
0: over an entire Iron list, Man 3, but probably. Iron Man 3 and the first one are like the top two. I feel like there's one I'm forgetting. It might very well be the first
2: Captain America. Okay. I kind of enjoyed that more than this. You're
1: going to rank... The first Captain America as the why do you top. not
2: like the first Captain America? I think we've that, had this discussion before, yeah. but I still
1: can't. I think we just I need find to like it to do be an enjoyable. An, flick. I think we need I mean, to not, just. I don't do love an it Episode an on it movie. because it's been so long since I've seen it. Like all I remember of it is just like wow. the very
0: least like Guardians. It's much different than the
1: other uh, ones. Uh, what? No. What? No. Okay. Let's okay. just move on to rating. <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> to- We're in. Radio. We are. Let's and I was trying to get mine. How, how about we just we just yeah. eat this this meal and then we can move on to the next one some other time? Okay. okay.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, three out of five stars for me.
1: Okay. Well, that's uh, a familiar rating for me because that's
2: also what I will give this film. Um, there's nothing <laughs> overly that I can feel too critical about in the in the broad spectrum. There are lots of little things that I didn't care for and lots of little things that I liked um, and. Uh, I thought there was one character who was really good here, and now he's gone, so that's disappointing. But at the same time, this felt like just, first of all, it was too long. It was two hours and 20 minutes, and it just felt like it could have been 25 minutes shorter. And it just was just fine. It was. It's the problem that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has. It has too many movies that are just fine, but it made a lot of money, so that's all they really care about, I think. So yeah. three out of five for me. And um, I'm interested to see how they get roped into this, whatever this Marvel infinity war film is going to be next year, because they'll obviously be a part of it. And um, I have no idea what that's going to be. And I, I think that's kind of cool at this point. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. But three out of five, go ahead. You go? Oh, Sam? Sam? Okay. Sam. I will yeah.
3: go then. Um, I, I, uh, Kind of parallel to what others have been saying. There's nothing new. There's nothing, you know, terribly different about this film that makes it, you know, stand out from any of the other Marvel films at all. Um, but I, I'm i a fan of the the world of the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and their characters and their quirks and, and their relationships with each other. Um, I absolutely, you know, thought it, it was lovely to watch, too. Um, and I, um, while it's not the same as listening to the first movie soundtrack, which I very much enjoyed, um, it's still good, um, and it's still likable. I'd still, like, you know, find the soundtrack and listen to it in my own time. Um, but there's just something that was a little bit lacking in the storytelling to me that, um, I feel like could have been either fleshed out a little bit better Or could have been condensed in certain areas that could have, you know, maybe we didn't need as much, you know, um, fun in one part that, you know, we could have given a little bit more description and background to maybe say another character like Mantis or things like that. Um, but who knows, they may have other things on the docket that could come up later, um, to go through other characters, um. So I would say I'd probably give it about a three and a half, three and seven, or three and, like, three quarters. <laughs> three and seven eighths in <laughs> pie. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> three pie. Three yeah. pie is good. <laughs> um, so not necessarily, you know, one of the most... Awesome, epic, you know, beautiful cinematography films. Um, but, I I mean, I'll definitely watch it again, and it's something for fun that I will, you know, enjoy. You employ. felt like you got your money's worth. Yeah. Cool. And <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, necessarily pay more to, like, go watch it, like, seven more times. But I'll wait until it's on DVD, buy the DVD, and just, you know, watch it as much as I can then. There you go. um but yeah so about three point five
1: three point75 okay right yeah. you know man I am hearing a whole range of threes all of them of sort of like differing intensity and sort <laughs> well, some of motivation of them are adjusted
0: for inflation
1: so. well yeah yeah um yes I'm not gonna have to I'm not gonna break with that trend I'm gonna give it a three out of five and mm-hmm. I very much did enjoy this film I don't think that it's perfect um and I'm not trying to just cushion my my criticism of it because of that is like i i I think that it's perfectly serviceable as a it's on the spectrum of marvel films it is definitely one of the most enjoyable marvel films but it is Mm -hmm. nonetheless a marvel film and it won't let you forget that um i think this is supposed to be the second of a three film arc at least for the incarnation of this guardians of the galaxy so we Whatever. don't ever we out- Just, yeah but i mean there's I'm, gonna
3: be seven remakes in like two more years
2: oh God, so let's be real don't say those things
0: josh gad as star lord
1: <laughs> anyway he'll
0: become a next jonah hill lose the weight become a superstar
1: anyway um, and then he'll also be gay and i version. i really enjoyed <laughs> this film um i enjoyed I enjoyed Baby Groot. I also enjoy Groot. shitty adolescent Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought that was fucking funny. Was uh, yeah, up your roots. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we'll see how it
2: plays out and, in an entire movie. And, and yeah. Drax. Uh, Why, when Groot gets his own staple?
1: <laughs> no,
0: I just mean like I laughed at it at the post-credit scene. But, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to Trax understand. Is, is he'll one, be he'll is one be, of those characters that I do to I normal enjoy, I also
1: normal sort of empathize with in, in the next one because a lot of stuff goes over my head well, sometimes, sometimes too, and no. sometimes I'm no, pretty yeah, I, I didn't think so. Shit, and I'm just like,
2: I like yeah. how we're having multiple I, conversations here. This is are, really good saying. podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, while they're talking, I changed our movie. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, but don't read the synopsis. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll, I'll give a synopsis. So. All right,
2: very good. I will. I will. Re- Nick has found the film we're going to review next, That's so great. I will let everybody in on it here in just a, a minute. I, or two. As soon I just as I to give that, seriously. As soon
1: as I wrap up in three, two, one, <laughs> I give it a three out of five. There. You'd already heard your... That
3: countdown, though, went from... That was intense. One finger with the number three, and then suddenly to three (laughs) fingers with the number two, and then just...
1: Hey, man.
3: (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Ma'am. Ma'am, you're welcome.
1: Uh, This is
2: just another, I mean what's le- what's left this year because Thor comes out
1: the Spider-Man Thor- Speedy-Man Homecoming oh, that's right. Right. Yeah, that's Spider-Man right. I just want an Homecoming. asshole Spider-Man sometimes I just want nope. a guy who dress up in a Spider-Man costume walks around New York and is just a total fucking dick
2: that Spider-Man Homecoming movie looks terrible so. about? Are you talking, so, about, wait, are you talking about like
3: no. Deadpool just playing Spider-Man? No, I'm
1: that literally movie? that's pretty much what I don't that is. I don't don't no I don't want, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't want him to shoot, an shoot anybody everyone. or anything. I literally want him to just get into some like misadventure he of weird like escalation fetishes. and just being a <laughs> fucking dick. And you're just like <laughs> so I, I want literally the meme about Spider-Man to be a movie where he's just like oh
3: like the classic Spider-Man. Here's lines, the reason why right? you're
1: wrong. One, fuck you. I'm Spider-Man. Two, fuck you! I'm Spider Man. He just wants Miles Morales to be Spider Man. I just want. Well, yeah, I want that, but that's a very different type of Spider Man. I want.
2: I I don't know. I'm interested in the Thor film because I've liked the first two, but I don't know about that new Spider Man. We'll see. And then next year, the Infinity War.
0: Finally, I've been waiting for so long.
2: (laughs) So excited. I was going to say, you sound like you're, you're pretty much in the same boat with this as the four Avatar sequels that are going to be coming out sometime Yay. in the next millennium. Well, so. at least
0: the Avatar sequels won't have Thanos. Oh!
2: <laughs> I think it'll <laughs> just be the first one. Maybe like, it will. I don't know. Wouldn't it be great? And this would be Steven Lang is. Yes. It would be something. If they kill off Thanos in the first scene of Infinity Wars. I'd be, I'd be into it. I would, too. <laughs> you know who else might be into it? Marvel. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so... All right, if you have any thoughts on, uh, on Guardians of the Galaxy, or really at this point anything else in the MCU, feel free to send them on to us at FilmTankShow at gmail.com, or you can find <sighs> us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at FilmTankShow. So... Uh, On next week's episode, which is number 112, uh, Nick has picked out a film for us, and this is a silent film, I think, correct? No. No, this one isn't. No, that was
0: my first choice. Okay. This is a movie from 1979.
2: Okay. Yeah. And this film is entitled Good Luck, Miss Wyckoff. Wyckoff? Okay. Okay. So, I know nothing about this. So, Nick, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of an introduction?
0: My vague plot description, because I think it's more effective if you don't really know what it's truly about, is that it is about a, let's say, okay, it's about a sexually repressed uh, school teacher in the 50s. Of course. In a very small
2: town. Male or female? Uh, Female. Yeah.
0: And, um... And it's basically, I would say, essentially about the ways in which she's persecuted simply by three things. Her gender, her choices, and actions that are done against her. Hmm. And um, it's exploitation, but it's not the Have kind of... you brought of ex- this up on the podcast I think one before? time I did, yeah. but I didn't really say what it was about. Okay. And it, I, I'll say this. It's exploitation in the sense that it is provocative, but it's not the kind of exploitation that would show in, like, a grindhouse theater because mm. it's ostensibly, like, a 50s melodrama. It's like if somebody from the 50s, like Douglas Sirk, made a melodrama but did not shy away from uncomfortable topics. So it goes, it kind of uh, uh, exposes the hypocrisy of a very pure vision of, like, 1950s suburbia. So, I think it's fantastic. But at the very least, I think it'll be something that we would talk about. Like, okay. There's a lot
2: to say. That's a good thing to have on a podcast. So, there you yeah. go. So, if you would like to listen to that episode upcoming... <laughs> Who wouldn't? Or, or this episode, or <laughs> any of our other episodes, you can always find them on FilmTankShow at gmail.com. You can also find our episodes, as well, on iTunes, or on Stitcher at Film. Tank show, thank you very much to Sam Shamara for joining us. Thank As always, it me. was Thanks. good to see you again, and hopefully, uh we'll have a- another time to get together later on yeah. in the summer. Yeah, I'm sure there's. Some I was other... going to say thank
0: you in Groot language. I was going to say uh, I am Groot. I am Groot. So sh- she gets it.
2: Uh huh. <laughs> I got gotcha. Also, thank you to the listener for for joining us. You're welcome. Uh-huh. From Nick Cheney to Son Egan, Sam Shamar, and myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We'll catch up with you next time. <laughs>